Welcome to the Single Well Podcast. My name is Dr. Mila and I am a family doctor turned wellness transformation coach. I created the Single Well for Christian single women and moms who want to learn how to simply incorporate wellness practices into their daily lives. After having a baby, getting divorced, and years of struggling with weight gain and declining health, I went searching for a natural weight loss solution. But instead, I discovered that true health was found in leveraging my spiritual, physical, mental, emotional, and relational wellness. Listen in to gain the tools and mindset to start developing your own unique wellness strategy. Let's do this. Please note, the information shared on the Single Well Podcast is meant for informational purposes only and is not meant to replace the advice of your personal physician or healthcare practitioner. Please consult your personal medical professional before embarking on or implementing anything discussed on the podcast. Listening to Pivot and Bloom, where you will be empowered to change your mindset, flourish in your body, and fully engage in your own wellness revolution. I am your host, Camila Marie MD. The content shared in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended as medical advice. Be sure to always consult with your physician on any and all of your personal health matters. the day before it has to be released. And so what better topic to talk about than procrastination? Um, This is something that I have struggled with for my entire life, if I'm honest. Um, It's something that keeps me from accomplishing things, that keeps me from doing things that I really want to do. And it leads to me having frequent episodes or frequent bouts of crunch time where I end up doing something like I'm doing now where I'm like, okay, I've got to talk about something. I got to get this podcast out here. And it's funny because Pivot and Bloom has actually cured part of my procrastination in the sense that I have to be consistent. So the assignment that I give myself every week is to get an episode out no matter what. And I'm trying not to repurpose. Um, you know, of course, that's part of the podcasting world is repurposing your content. There's nothing wrong with that. But for me, that would give me an excuse to not work on it, to not record something or have something ready, some new content ready each week. So I'm trying to make it to the year mark without repeating my content. 
So that being said, I realized that one of my biggest barriers to success is procrastination. And part of that is based in perfectionism. So when you're a perfectionist, you know, people think of that a certain way, like you want everything done right and you want things done on time and so forth and so on. And I would say that definitely is a thing. If you are a perfectionist like I tend to be, you kind of get caught up in your head about doing an, an activity. So you're like, okay, I need to do this. I need to get this done by this day. But in your head, if you can't sit down and do the whole thing at once, and it can be a huge project, but if you can't sit down in, you know, however long it takes to get it done all in one fell swoop, you get discouraged and you just don't want to do it. You start thinking about how, well, I probably won't be able to get this done and it probably won't be this way or that way, or I have to research and work on how it's going to be done before I do it. These are all things that we do as perfectionists that lead to procrastination. So that's probably the biggest part of it for me is the perfectionism. But I found an article on Business Insider that I thought was interesting where they list the types of procrastinators. So it's an article by Ali Schiller and Marissa Boisfort. I hope I said that right. And it's called The Four Main Types of Procrastinators and How Not to Be One of Them, According to Two Accountability Coaches. So I'm looking through this article and they say there's four main types. So, you know, when you see something like this, you're looking for a quiz or something to identify your type. The funny thing is I can fit in every last one of these categories and I'll go through them with you um, and you can see which type you are, too. Um, So the first type is the performer, people who say I work well under pressure. This is a common one. You hear people like, oh, I'm going to do it, but it's better if I do it the day before. I am this person. Um, I tend to do really good work the day before. And if I'm honest with myself or the week before, whatever it is, if I'm honest with myself, I've been doing this since I was young. Um, I remember distinctly being in high school and having to do a science project. And if you've ever had to do one or had to do any kind of project in high school, you know, you usually know about it weeks, if not months in advance. (laughs) Well, I did this project in one day. Um, It was on optical illusions. It involved um, going and getting pictures from the library. Yes, I'm old. And the library was the way that we had to do our research back then. And finding these pictures of optical illusions, putting them on the poster board and presenting it at the science fair the next day. Well, I was rewarded for that. I actually placed pretty high for this project. So that did not help the procrastination. I was often up writing papers the night before. Uh, My mom was not very happy with me. And this was back in the days of the the typewriter. So I'd be up typing at two in the morning because there's some paper that I should have done weeks before, been working on, but I wait till the night before. I have always done this and I still do this now. If I know I have a weekend to do something, then I will wait until the last possible part of that weekend and then do the whole thing or try to do the whole thing. Um, And usually I can get it done. Um, And so I'm still in a way rewarded for this, but I want to get out of doing it, out of the habit of doing it, doing stuff that way, because it leads to a lot of unnecessary stress. It feels like a punishment in the moment because it's like, okay, now you've waited this long. Now you have to do this today. You You can't do it any other time. Has it come, has, have I had some great things come out of that? Absolutely. 
But I think that when I have done it ahead of time and had it done ahead of time, it was so much better. And I was able to, you know, if I wanted to add things, I could add things or tweak things. And I had time to do that. Whereas when you do it at the last minute, you just have to go with what you have. So something they suggest is to set a start date. So to say, okay, um, instead of saying it's due on this day, so I'm going to do it 10 minutes before that, you say, okay, I'm going to start this project on this day. I think another way to look at that would be to set an end date or a due date for yourself that's well before when it's actually due. Because then instead of you thinking, oh, I have two weeks to do this, you're like, oh, I actually only have five days to do this. This actually works for me when I've done it. When I give myself a deadline that's not the actual deadline, it really helps me because then I'm in my head, it has to be done by this day or else I'm going to have to do it at a time that won't be convenient or won't be helpful for me. So I know that works for me. I've just still got to work on this. And that's what I want you to get out of this is that despite me being consistent with the podcast, I'm not always doing things in the way that I want to have them done and forcing myself into these last minute type of things that I have to do. And so um, I really wanted to bring that forth and see what that brings up for you because it, you know, I know we all do it to some extent, but I know this is a big, big problem (laughs) for me and that I need to work through. So the second type is the self-deprecator. So this is the person who says, I am so lazy right now. I'm so tired. Now, I am big on rest. Sometimes we need rest. We need to acknowledge when we're tired and take the rest we need. Um, I am in a very um, huge pivot (laughs) transitional moment in my life. And I have found that despite the level of tasks and, and different things I have to do in this season, that I have been relying on rest more. Now, sometimes rest can become a reason to procrastinate where I'll be like, oh, but I need to rest. I need to sleep. I need to do something else to kind of give my mind a break. And that is true. But we tend to, um, you know, kind of ignore that and, in, in, um, you know, or use that in, in a way that's not not healthy. So where I'm laying around and I do need that rest, and I am busy usually, but I'm kind of using it to not do what I need to be doing. And so um, sometimes we say, oh, I'm so lazy and I'm just not doing what I need to do. And we feel um, bad about that, you know, and I know I tend to when I'm resting, even I'm still struggling with not doing anything, you know, because I'm steadily thinking about those things I should or could be doing in this free time that I have, but not all free time is meant for busyness. So um, sometimes you really do just have to take a break and say, okay, I'm going to take a very intentional break and give myself space and grace to rest. And then I'm going to start this. And so that's where that time frame can come in. You know, I'm going to start this at this time. And so I might start on a certain day. So it's Friday night and I just got off work and I'm like, oh, I have this time. I could do this right now. Or I can decide to rest a bit and then say, okay, I'm going to start this project tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. And then that gives you that space like, oh, I know I'm going to start it tomorrow. Now, of course, that's procrastination in a way. But it's using it intentionally because I know for me, if I put that time down and I say, I'm going to do this tomorrow at this time, that is much more powerful than I'll do it tomorrow. Because if I say, oh, I'll do it tomorrow, then that time is not set and it's 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 uh, flexible 
We don't want that. <laughs> you want to be flexible, but if I say, oh, I'll do it tomorrow, then tomorrow will become the next day and the next day and the next day. So I have to set a time and say, okay, I'm not doing this tonight. Tonight I'm going to rest. Tomorrow I'm going to get up and do this. And that's what the authors in this article recommend is just recharging, saying, okay, I'm going to take a walk or I'm going to boost my energy somehow and then I'm going to tackle this, this project or this thing that I've been putting off. Um, so I think that's really powerful too. You know, even if you do get up and you're like, I don't want to do it, you know, you can actually make it work for you by getting up and doing something that energizes you, whether it be exercise or some type of, you know, um, meditation, reading, praying, whatever it is that will energize you to move, to energize you to um, do that, to tackle um, your project. So the third type of procrastinator is the overbooker. Um the person who says I'm so busy and I have developed a very, <laughs> a very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like I, I get annoyed at the word busy, um, because I try to avoid it because I find that people say busy when they're trying to sound important. That's not always the case. All of us are quote unquote busy, but I feel like sometimes it's used as an excuse to neglect things you need to do and an excuse to neglect people that are important to you. And so I feel like, yes, we are, we know we're busy. We have jobs, we have passions, we have kids, we have parents, we have all of these responsibilities and things that we want to accomplish. But when we say we're busy, it's kind of like a cop out. Um, and I know that when I say I'm busy, it's something just to say. It's not usually, there's nothing really based in it. So when people say, oh, you know, um, how are you doing? You know, oh, I've been really busy. I've been really trying to get away from that because what does that really mean? You know, we all have stuff to do. It kind of insinuates that that other person couldn't possibly have much to do. But usually they come back with, well, yeah, I've been really busy, too. So we, we always have stuff filling up our time. But I think that, you know, when we when we when we say that it might be true, we might be overbooked. And that's where they're coming from with this. You know, do you have too much stuff on your plate? Do you need to say no to some things? Um, and it, this is something that I've had to learn. Sometimes you have to say no to some things to say yes to other things. And um, being busy can mean being productive and mean getting stuff done. Um, you know, so I always loved how um, Barack Obama was very busy, quote unquote, and had a lot of stuff going on, but he would make time for leisure. You know, you'd see him having a date with his wife or going to golfing and things like that. And I think we, we are hard on presidents and, and, and busy people, quote unquote, about that. I would say, quote unquote, because busy does really bug me. Um, but people who have a lot to do, people who have a lot on their plate, you know, we, we kind of, you know, look down on them for resting or for doing those things. And I always think it's great for them to show that example. Of course, it can be excessive um, in some cases, but to see them actually enjoying their lives is important because, you know, they can't do that job all the time. And, and doctors run into this as well. You know, we're expected to be constantly doing things and constantly taking care of everyone. And we have stuff at home. We got to take care of people kind of forget that we have kids and we have families and all of that. So we're constantly trying to fulfill the needs of others. We're not filling our own cup. And so it's really important to try to avoid busyness, um, you know, and 
I think the other side of it is, is like I said earlier, using it as an excuse, you know, saying, okay, well, I'm busy, so I can't do that. And I find myself doing that quite a bit. Um, I am currently, you know, going to be moving soon and trying to choose the area and where I want to stay and if I want to rent or buy and all of that stuff is overwhelming. And it's kind of like, well, you know, I'm trying to figure out, you know, what what's going to be right for my life. And it's exciting, but at the same time, it's draining. And so if I'm honest with myself, I avoid it because I don't want to make a decision. I avoid it because it's a lot to think about and I'm not quite ready to decide. And so instead of embracing that and saying, you know what, this is this is a big decision, I say, oh, I'm so busy with everything else, which I am. <laughs> but when I, I was talking to my mom about it and when, once it came out of my mouth, I was like, see, there's that word again. You know, you're busy, you have too much going on, but you're using it as an excuse to not do that task. So it's something we have to think about. We have to really call ourselves on that. And that's what they actually recommend, a moment of introspection. Um, You know, what am I avoiding? When I'm saying this particular task, I keep not doing it because I'm avoiding something. There's something about this task that I don't want to do. It's not that it's hard or that it's unattainable or impossible. I just, for some reason that's deeper than the surface level, I don't want to do it. And so digging into that and really understanding yourself from that standpoint will be really helpful. And the fourth type of procrastinator is the novelty seeker. The person who says, I just had the best idea. Now, this is a big one. Um, As a creative as a person that's seeking um, entrepreneurship, um, as a person that has um, all kinds of ideas, this resonates with me in a major way. Um, once you start thinking about things outside the box, you start seeing different ways to do things, you start seeing your purpose and walking in it, you start thinking about how you can help people and how you can make things better in your own life and in other people's lives, you are flooded with ideas. Anybody that's written an article or a book or has any kind of creative streak, you know what I mean. There's just this constant, um, this constant stream of different things, um, and they what they call it a shiny object syndrome. And my business coach tells us to avoid the shiny object. So it's funny because um, there's an app right now, which it's funny if you're hearing this years later it'll probably sound funny that I'm saying this but Clubhouse is a brand new app on um, the Apple platform and it's really cool because there's a lot of great conversations that happen there but it also can be a negative thing as well just like any other social media platform but I think some really important conversations go on there that people should be privy to well When it first came out, my business coach said, avoid the shiny object because it's easy to get sucked in and there's things we have to consider and it's great in a way, but then you have to be careful. And so when you see this shiny object, you start wanting to do everything towards that and you kind of start to not do work on those other things you've already been working on. Now, sometimes people will find a new business venture or a new idea or a new platform in, in something like Clubhouse, but if you don't really do that intentionally, then you end up just kind of following the next big thing and you never finish anything else. And that's what happens with these flood of ideas that you get when you're a creative. Um, I have several irons in the fire um, trying to 
build um, a health and wellness um, literacy platform, trying to, um, you know, work and (laughs) trying to um, also, you know, hone my creativity in other ways like gift gifting and, um, you know, um, eventually styling for kids. And I mean, just stuff I can, I mean, I can go on and on and on. I think of new ideas constantly and it's, it's easy to get caught up in that new idea and start following it, but you end up not completing those other major tasks. So I know that I should focus on one thing and and get that going really well, like I did with the podcast. And I see the benefit of that, where I really dug my heels in on this podcast and I've been consistent and I learned how to edit and I learned how to add music and I learned how to do clips and I learned how to do all of those things that had I been focused on 17 other things, I wouldn't be able to do. So now the podcast is something that I still struggle with getting everything done that I need to get done. But it is something that I um, I get, you know, I've been releasing weekly without um, any major issue um, other than these 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 crunch times. Um, and I found that, you know, one of the things that I did in December, I think it was, was probably the end of November. I recorded a bunch of episodes for December and yeah, it had to be November for December. And I had them all done and ready to go. So all I had to do was go through and edit them and put them up on my platform, which is Buzzsprout. And they were ready to go. They were released weekly and I didn't have to do the work each week. And I'm trying to get back to that, um, you know, stockpiling interviews, stockpiling um, content, things that I want to talk about on the on the podcast, because that makes Pivot and Bloom more seamless and it makes Pivot and Bloom more consistent without me having to be consistent on a weekly basis, if that makes sense, without me having to find time to record, find time to edit find time to, to choose music and do all of that stuff every single week. You do that in one big chunk of time. And honestly, it didn't take very long. I think it took me a total of like two hours to record um, all of the episodes for a month and then to add the editing and all of the, um, the music and, and all of that. I don't do a whole lot of editing anymore. So that was really eye-opening for me. But here I sit again recording the podcast right before it comes out. But these are lessons we learn, right? These are things that we learn about ourselves and that we can use to engineer our own successes. And so, and that's what they talk about in the article, um, you know, um, using, taking those ideas that distract you and putting them down. So having some type of app or sticky note, if you prefer that. And when you get ideas, write them down. I try to do this. I'm not as consistent as I would like to be, but you need one central place to put it. And I would recommend an app like Evernote. I don't have any kind of financial tie to them, but I really like Evernote or your voice memo app. Any of that kind of stuff can help you to just put those ideas in there, things you need to do, all of that stuff in there. And then you can stop thinking about it. Because what I do, what you do is you think about it. And I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. You think about that thing you need to do and then you perseverate. You keep saying, oh, I got to do that. I got to do that. I got to do that. Or, oh, that idea. And I think it's cool when you go back and let's say there is something that you want to do or you want to try something new or you need some ideas for something you're working on. You go back to that list. You have a list of things that you've thought of on a whim that you weren't able to act on. So, it's a really valuable way to get 
get that stuff out of your head and focus on what's in front of you, but also to have something to go back to later. So as I was doing this episode, I was thinking this would be a good series for me because procrastination is a huge roadblock for myself, and I'm sure it is for many of you listening. And so I think I'm going to do a little series on this and just work on this together as we go along and talk about different aspects of this and different tools and tricks that we can do to break the cycle of procrastination. And I'll give you some of my personal stories with it and things that I am procrastinating on, a little behind the scenes um, information, so to speak. And if this resonates with you, you know, hop on one of my social media accounts and just let me know what you thought about the episode. The best way to let us know is to do a review on iTunes, which you hear in my outro, Um, but getting on um, Apple Podcasts and leaving a review is the best way to help Pivot and Bloom flourish. Take care of you. This has been Pivot and Bloom with Camila Marie, MD. If you loved what you heard in this episode, be sure to hit the subscribe button wherever your pods are cast and leave a review on iTunes. Until next time. This has been the Single Well Podcast. For more information on what you just heard, please visit us on Facebook or Instagram at The Single Well, or you can email us at thesinglewell at gmail.com.